Welcome, everybody, and today we have a special guest who I've not had the pleasure of meeting before, and in the pre-interview, got to learn some interesting things about Diane Vanderwell, and I think you're going to be surprised to learn about her as well. Diane has been in this community as a professional and in real estate. She's worked in a number of nonprofits as board members and has championed both the region and the quality of life here, as well as workforce development and youth, young men and women, and education. And it seems to be a thread that goes throughout her personal and professional career. So Diane, could you share a little bit about yourself so that our listeners have some, just some context for the things that you're going to be sharing today? Well, I sure can. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Currently, what I do is I am the Outreach uh, Trades Coordinator Recruiter for the Northern Nevada Apprenticeship Coordinators Association. And what we do there, my job is, is to go out into the community and talk to young people in middle school, high school, and then also college level about the opportunities in the construction trades. And I've been doing that for almost two years. So I find it very, very rewarding. And it fits within um, my other things that I do in my life as far as real estate, as far as a planning commissioner and things like that. I'm very community oriented and I feel that we should reach out and afford people all the opportunities that are available out there. So Diane, one of the... um things our listeners have asked us to ask our guest is to share a time that they had a challenge, personal, professional, blend of both, that they were faced with and how they overcame that. Because we have those moments, all of us, where we just are looking something in the face, whether we plan for it or it's a challenge that we took on ourselves. Like we had discussed prior to coming on, I uh, previously ran for public office about four years ago, and I lost in the primary, and I had been preparing for that run for about three years, and I had been serving on the Washoe County Planning Commission, and so I went forth, and I put myself out there and everything, and I did lose in the primary, and that is heartbreaking, and what I did is instead of, you know, wallowing in my loss and things like that is I continued to do my community service, and uh, about two years past that time is when I was afforded the opportunity to work with the Apprenticeship Coordinators Association. And um, I'm very passionate about that uh, because I'm lucky enough that my son-in-law is a uh, plumber and pipe fitter through the apprenticeship program. It ha- I have learned so much. I love to go out and meet people and show them opportunities. You know, we're speaking to folks because the podcast goes out everywhere. Um, But we're speaking to folks from Northern Nevada and our community, like many others, but more so than some, has is facing a shortage of housing. We're having high rental spikes and we we need people in the professions. So for me, what is great about the work that you are doing is I know from the back end in my own work that there are young people who are looking for that bridge into a a trader profession while our community is just screaming for talented and capable people to work in the building trades and other trades, not just building. Is there a key challenge that the young folks or the folks you're meeting and outreaching to face? Over the last two years, I think we have slowly, we're educating the public and we're slowly 
coming out of it, but for so long, because our community, when we had the housing crash and we lost all those jobs and everything else, a good majority of those jobs were lost in construction. So what had happened during that time is everybody then focused on other things and moved out of construction and they haven't come back. What's happening is we have parents possibly telling their children, you don't want to get into the construction industry because look at what happened before. But I can tell you from uh, working with the apprenticeship program, uh, what is so great about this is it affords that it affords an individual an opportunity to get into a career. This is not a job. This is a career. And the how the apprenticeship program works is all they require is a high school diploma or a GED, a driver's license, and that they're 18 years old. And it is on-the-job training, and it is an earn-while-you-learn all of the construction trades are accredited through Truckee Meadows Community College. These young people and mid people are getting a college education at the same time as they are earning a living, getting full benefits and retirement. That's a good point that you made that it isn't just young people. It could be people in transition, right? Correct. So maybe they've been in one business or job, not even a career and saying it's time for a change and then being able to go somewhere that has a structure that really leads to a path forward. And it most certainly does. And the thing is, is about every six months when you're, uh, when you're brought into the apprenticeship program, about every six months, you're getting a raise of about roughly $1.50 an hour. So during the time, it's not working, it's not like working in the general in the general workforce where, okay, I've been there a year or two and I have to go into my boss for an evaluation and say, oh, hey, I'm, I do a raise yet. The thing is, is with the apprenticeship program, as you move through your work hours and your certifications, you get a raise in pay. So you may be starting out at 15 to $17 an hour. And then, um, then by the time you become a journeyman, which is uh, about four and a half to five years, you're making anywhere from 40 to $50 an hour. That's a big increase over a relatively short amount of time, right? As, yes. as you're yeah. already being paid to learn. Correct. And the other thing is, is what um, is great about the apprenticeship program is we are also trying to get more women introduced to the trades to find out that this is a good stable career for women that they can support their families that it, it affords them insurance for all of their family and it also gives them a retirement and um, the other thing about the apprenticeship program is women are paid equally to men a great thing about the apprenticeship coordinators association and things like that is women are paid equally to men Everybody that's doing the same job is paid the same. So there's no, there's no disparity in income from men to women. And is that because of the program itself or once they're in the trades, does that continue on, does that continue on that equality? Does that continue through the basic jobs or does it shift once you're out and not in the program anymore? My, my curiosity is, is that a factor of being in this particular program or does that carry forward once they're out into the women or out into the trades? Well, uh, what the uh, apprenticeship program for the trades is, these are union jobs. Unions make sure that everybody has equal pay for equal jobs and things like that. So let's say a woman goes through the apprenticeship program and she becomes a journeyman. 
journeywoman, excuse me, um, she's paid the same amount. But what's great about these programs also is it is a promote with from within. It is a promote upward mobility uh, because everybody has an opportunity that once you get out of the apprenticeship coordinators uh, apprenticeship program and you move on into a journeyman, a journey person, you have the ability also to become a foreman a project manager. The opportunities are limitless. They even support entrepreneurship uh, and help uh, open your own business. Huge opportunities for everyone. So for folks listening in our area, you know, just think about the the doors that that can open for you and not to mention the network of people that you get connected to as you're, as you're learning and growing. So I'm happy to know about it just so I can help promote for folks that I know who are talking to me about, you know, younger people or even women in transition are saying, what's, what's next for me, right? I want to do something different. And that is correct because the thing is, is um, the education is provided for free to everyone that signs up. Heaven forbid we ever have, we ever go through a hard time in this state like we did before where uh, construction stopped and things like that and everything. Um, when you're a member of a union, uh, you have what's called a union card and you take it to the, uh, to a hall. So let's say that their uh, construction is booming in Texas. You can go ahead and you can transfer to Texas. So you will always have employment and it is international because they also work um, overseas. They work in India. They work in Canada. I mean, it is just the opportunities are just limitless. Your enthusiasm for this is just infectious, Diane. I love it. Oh, thank you. So one of the things you told me while we were getting ready to start was that you actually, even after having faced your own disappointments in your first run for an office, have decided to run again, and it links to education and this type of work. Could you talk a little bit about how you mustered up the energy and inspiration and courage to to file, because it's not an easy thing to do, and what you're hoping about education and, and this in particular? Oh, I sure can. Um, I just, you know, I've, I was raised that, you know, if you get knocked down, you get back up and just dust yourself off and, you know, move forward. And uh, with working with the apprenticeship coordinators over the last couple of years, I have found a renewed passion in um, education. I've always been proponent of education and getting more education and skill certificates and things like that. I just think it's important to always make sure that you continue learning. And the thing is, is um, Washoe County has a career and tech education program that I think students need to be exposed to all sorts of opportunities. So they'd like to go to college. I mean, that's wonderful. Um, if they like to weld or they like to, you know, work on a car or they want to draft plans to build a home. I think all of those opportunities should be out there so that children are exposed to them, all children. And so that they have choices, that it's not, that it's not predetermined for them where they're going to go after high school or what they're going to be when they grow up. So now that you are running for office and you know what that's going to look like and you have this job and other things that you do in the community, 
How do you manage the day-to-day? How do you balance that? How do you think about prioritizing? Because you're basically taking on, if I were to compare this to someone saying, I want to start learning a new job, you're doing all of that simultaneous while you're running. So how do you manage and stay on top of what you need to do and take care of yourself at the same time? After the, my last run for office and everything else, after I had lost and I pulled back, I decided after that that I was going to start, because as women, of course, we have this, a very hard time doing this, but I decided to start putting myself first. So I get up early in the morning and I work out and I plan my day. And, you know, we all understand that things don't always go as they're planned and things like that. But I have a tremendous support system with my family and close core of friends that are always rooting me on saying, you know what, you can do this. And if you need assistance or help. And I learned this time around too, that I cannot do everything and I can't be everything to everyone. So I have I've let go of little, I I don't worry about the small stuff anymore. I don't let that uh, consume. I just move on. So I want to pause for a minute because that is, I think, one of the most important things to be reminded of, you know, to not sweat small stuff. Correct. And it's amazing how much stuff really is small stuff. But I do think the point you make as women, it is hard, you know, because we have a different, I don't know kind of we can do it all and stay on top and Mm -hmm. pay attention and care for everybody. But when I ask folks in my own circle, you know, what's made the biggest change for them to feel sane and like things are working better, it is exactly what you said. It's saying, you know, it sounds terrible. It sounds selfish, but I just started putting myself first so that I, there's more of me and I'm more present. Right. It sounds so easy. and <laughs> Oh, it, yes, it does. <laughs> and it takes some practice. Yes. You know, you talked about when you grew up and you failed or you had a hard time, you were taught just to dust yourself off and keep mm-hmm. on going. If you were to, you know, look back and talk to yourself as a 12, 15, 18-year-old from what you know now, what kinds of advice would you give yourself or that young version of Diane? First of all, not have a disease to please and to understand that it's okay to fail, not put such stringent expectations on yourself that if this doesn't, if this doesn't work out, if I don't succeed at this, if I don't triumph, if I don't win, if things like that, that it's okay. And I think that as you grow as you have children, as you have grandchildren, as you have gains and losses in your life, I think those learnings come with it. So that's what you advice you would give to your younger self or to anybody maybe in a a starting out place or a restarting out place. What has been one of the best pieces of advice that was given to you? I can always revert back to my mother because her and I are extremely close and everything. And whenever it is just really hard and I don't think that I can handle it or just pull myself up. The one thing that she has always told me is that when God closes a door, he opens a window and that we will never give more, be given more than we can handle. Uh, And I always joke with her if I was ever in a stressful or 
it just a challenging time in my life, I would call her and I tell her, okay, I'm, I'm going to say uncle now because I think he's pushing it. Yes. And then here you are. Exactly. Here I am. And you're still standing. That's right. Do you read? I do. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm a planning commissioner, so that's kind of dry reading. So well, that's I'm thinking really... of things that are kind of more <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> well, yes, um, I've always read. I'm huge into self-help or inspirational or learning books. And as a matter of fact, I've gone back due to the fact of just all of the things that I'm doing in my life and the things that have happened over the last year and things like that, I picked up Who Moved My Cheese Again, just to remind myself. Great book. Yes. So it sounds like the past year has also been challenging for you beyond the politics, you know, along with the good things that you've had some other challenges. Yes. Um, our second granddaughter was born prematurely and was in NICU and the doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with her. And what's hard is I think it's totally different when you're a parent because you can, you know, you're there and you protect your child. I think when you're a grandparent and you're watching your child struggle with it, I think is a much more challenging thing to do than when they're, when it's your child's. I cannot give my daughter credit enough. I have never been so proud to watch her with the challenges and things that um, went through, she had to go through with. Just her strength was inspiring to me. That is difficult knowing you can't stop her pain or worry, you know, right. that you're kind of an outsider for that. And how great to um, be admiring her and her strength. Oh, yes. Sounds like you um, have passed on some of your own strengths to your daughter. Well, I most certainly do because I am in awe of her because she is a, she's a terrific wife, mother, and also a full-time student. So she is phenomenal. I guess one of the things I'd like to wrap with, I have, actually, I have one question that kind of backs up to what we were talking about earlier, because I'm thinking about people who may not be in our geographic region who sure. are wondering if there's something like the Northern Nevada Apprenticeship Coordination Association where they live. Is this unique to our area or is there a national network? No, it isn't. And not and there's not only a national network, there is an international network. And as a matter of fact, it's called uh, the Northern America's Building Trade Unions, which is N-A-B-T-U. They can hook people up from all over the United States into their local programs. That's exciting. It is. That's it's really very, exciting. Very exciting. Well, and, you know, last year uh, the NABTU has put out that construction apprenticeship is the other four-year degree. It is the best-kept secret. I listen to a lot of radio. Thank goodness for internet. I can listen around the nation. But one of the stations I listen to is from California, you know, in Solano where they had all the fires. And I remember hearing a news, like a morning, Saturday morning thing. And they're saying, we don't care where you live. If you are a roofer or a builder and you've got some time in the trade, we'll take you. I'm thinking, Wait. That's we need it. them here. But oh, that right. <laughs> it just illustrates, though, what you're saying is the portability of the work. So I think that's something to keep in mind. And your enthusiasm, there's a part of me going, I think I should go back to school. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to do <laughs> well, that. Uh, well, you know what? When I, um, 
when I'm able to uh, go out with a lot of the coordinators who are the ones that teach the apprentices and things like that. And uh, this last year, I was able to travel with them and we do what's called the rural tour where it's all of Northern Nevada. We go all the way to Ely, Elko, Battle Mountain, Lovelock and things like that. And we talk to high school students and families and stuff. It just renew it, it just renews my excitement because I'm like, wow, I didn't know about that. And because it's kind of like someone explained to me, he said, you know, my son thought I was a plumber. He said, but then I brought my son to work and he worked in a lab. And so I think people need to understand that a plumber is not someone that just fixed toilet, fixes toilets. An electrician is not someone that just wires a house with technology and things like that. There are so many opportunities. So Diane, just on that one last kind of piece, is there a young person or any age person, I guess, that you that comes to mind for you when you think about the last couple of years and the work that you've been doing, who particularly inspires you from maybe where they started out to what they've accomplished and that keeps that fire fueled in you? Well, perfect example is my son-in-law. My son-in-law is a plumber and a pipe fitter and he's about to journey out. So I, I have had the opportunity to watch him from the time he started into the apprenticeship program to how he's grown and everything else and watched how it has impacted him and my daughter's life and how they're able to buy a house, how they're able to, they have two children. And I am so proud of him because he now has a career that he is able to take care of his family for the rest of their lives. That's wonderful. Diane, thanks for sharing with us today. And let me ask you, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you who are interested either in the program or learning how to do more of what you do of connecting people? What's the best way? Everybody's welcome to contact me on my cell phone, which is 775-772-7146. You can also email me at info at building trade jobs jobs.org that's great and we'll put that information into the notes so that folks know how to reach you as well i just want to say thanks again so that's it for this week's episode if you like what you heard please hop on over to itunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review this helps us get the word out more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.